Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Is the next Great Awakening around the corner? Find out in the book Final Fire by Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, and Donna Howe. As today's world becomes more desperate, the world is inadvertently moving toward another Great Awakening. Get your copy of Final Fire by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. I guess we are all guilty of allowing an obligation or an event to creep up on us until we're suddenly facing a deadline. It's not a pleasant realization that we allowed our guard to be down to the point that we almost missed something important. If you had the great advantage of growing up in a Christian home and attending a church that wasn't afraid to teach on the second coming of Christ, and if that mindset has not drifted from your thinking, you are probably aware that things seem to be moving in a direction that can have only one possible conclusion. Jesus is coming soon. Time as we know it is almost up. The short outline for the future is, first, the rapture. Then, Antichrist is revealed and the tribulation begins. There will be a ramp-up to total chaos on earth over the next seven years after that. The Battle of Armageddon will take place in Israel, facing all of the forces of Satan against the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, who will be the victor. There will be a peaceful 1,000-year earthly reign of Christ, followed by the final battle between good and evil, which results in the last time we will ever see Satan as he will be cast bound into the eternal fires of hell. The new heaven and new earth follow, with eternity future as the unlimited time to enjoy the face-to-face -face presence of our Savior. That's a lot to digest, but even more to anticipate, as it could all start before I get to the end of this sentence. Without being able to know all of the specifics and time constraints, what will be filling the time between now and the rapture? This will not be an all-inclusive, and surely it will not be in chronological order. But here are some of the events that will play out before we see the Lord in the air when he calls us out of this life. Oh, before we even get there, in case you're wondering how I can be so dogmatically sure of my statements, they're based on the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us signs to look for as we anticipate his coming. These are not ambiguous signs but sufficiently specific without giving us dates that we can be sure and have hope in what is becoming a time more hopeless for those who do not know him than we would have ever thought possible. We would all have to be recent arrivals on planet Earth not to know that there is something terribly wrong going on. We have no reason to look at the current conditions around us and think this is normal. It's not. The pandemic, better called 
plan-demic has been custom-made to get the population of the world in line to be a controlled society, ready to accept the dictates of a world ruler. Who will it be in reality? We don't know. But current conditions are fully in line with the direction the satanically inspired world leader will ultimately take. You may think the restrictions we've had placed on us are needed. If so, all well and good. You're allowed to believe what you want. Please, allow me to look at facts that you may have missed and disagree. With the deduction of people whose lives were taken by the misguided directions of several of our national governors who placed seriously ill patients into the empty beds in nursing homes, resulting in thousands of regular residents becoming sickened and dying, and others who contracted the virus while already dealing with other serious issues, the actual deaths from COVID-19 have not been much different than the normal flu season. The number of those who did get whatever it is and have fully recovered is over 99%. By any standard, that's a rather good number. Demographic evidence seems to show that the average worldwide general death rate since COVID has not increased significantly since it was first discovered. That points to it not being a pandemic, but that numbers have been switched from column A to column B to give the impression of facing dire consequences if we do not implement dire restrictions. National economies are foundering due to the strains of COVID. One question no one answers is, where is the money going to come from at the rate we're throwing it around while many people are no longer working and businesses are closing at faster levels than during the Great Depression? Another indicator the Lord gave us was social unrest in the nations of the world. I'm a resident of the United States of America, and I don't pay close attention to all that is happening in most of the over 190 other nations around the globe. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom is the rule of the day. There is considerable unrest worldwide. The most specific sign of these being the end times is the nation of Israel. Until 1948, Israel was only a memory, but overnight it became a nation again, and it has been in conditions of war to maintain its existence almost constantly ever since. That the current situation escalated to become a mess thanks to the policies of the current misguided occupant of the White House is just one key point aimed at Christ's return. Nevertheless, there is one region of the world that is meeting all predictions. The Jewish people have their historic land. They rule much of it and tenaciously hold it. These are people who were called from the various nations of the world in direction order, and that ingathering continues and will continue. All through the Old Testament, we have one prophet after another giving an indication of the end times events, specific things to watch for, to alert us to the fact that God is going to change the direction of things for the future. That change will have a sudden commencement when his true believers disappear from the earth. 
Jesus was asked a very specific question by his disciples in Matthew 24, 3. They asked him to tell them what the signs of his return would be and the obvious end of the age that would soon follow and of which he had just taught. He gave them a list, and we will attempt to consider some of its points here. One of the keys of his teaching was Luke 21:28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You can read this as, don't stand there and wring your hands in despair. Take hope. These things I taught will happen just before I return. This is your alarm clock ringing to alert you to the lateness of the hour. What he told them did not happen while they were alive on earth. They were future indicators, but they almost surely will occur in our current time frame, if not our lifetimes. That is undeniable. If there had been only one recent news item that fit into the pattern, we'd be excused if we hadn't noticed it or hadn't paid attention. However, the number of things going on right now are so many as to defy ignorance. Ignorance is the word because anyone who is not seeing them is not paying attention to the obvious. One of the most clear indicators of Jews in Israel not being accidental is that Jerusalem is under their control. It had been under the control of several outside forces ever since the Jew was overtaken by Roman rule. It's a nation that was often besieged, destroyed, and dominated. But now the Jew has control of much of the historic land. Since 1967, when the Jews stood on the soil of Jerusalem as Jewish territory, the words of Jesus in Luke 21 through 24 came true. The city had been trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. It isn't only that Israel has been under other nations' control, but it was and is surrounded by those who openly call for the destruction of the nation in no uncertain terms. Muslim nations refuse to accept Israel as a neighbor. Most of the current nations of the world are aligned with Islam, even though some of them claim to be Christian nations. The number of verses in the Old Testament that refer to Israel's enemies and their intentions are many. A large portion of Psalm 83 deals with this. Verses 2 through 5 say, For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thine hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may no more be in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. A list of nations and people groups follow in the next several verses that include many of the nations of today that can be classified as enemies. While the daily stirring of hatred is unpleasant and the recent rocket attacks have been unnerving and deadly, the biblically literate Jew must have read these words at the end of the psalm. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish, that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth." 
There can be no doubt of who is in ultimate control. He is just allowing the enemy to expose himself, align himself, and become more vulnerable for final destruction. It's interesting to note Ezekiel's vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. Chapter 37 and verse 10 of Ezekiel's response to the Lord's command says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Israelis didn't have much time to celebrate at being reunited with their land before the enemy attacked. They weren't an army. They were immigrants who had just arrived, yet it was not God's plan to allow the surrounding enemies to have another victory. Surely those nations were surprised when defeat was their lot, when faced by a people scarcely able to do more than wave broomsticks at them. Yet God allowed them a victory that when looked back on is almost funny when we consider their resources. What isn't funny is what God will do for people who trust in him and not lean on their own understanding. Multiple wars since had unbelievable odds in numbers of Israelis versus their enemies, and yet never a loss. One has to believe God is in control. One would like to think it's over and peace can finally settle, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Ezekiel 38 tells of a future time when a satanic alliance will arise, banded together for the first time, and biblically called Gog and Magog. That will include the modern nations of a Muslim alliance backed by Russia, Iran, Turkey, and probably others. They will see the superior advantage they have and figure, now's the time. They will realize all too late that it was God who was encouraging them to their final doom as they will come together against Israel, but fall apart against supernatural odds engineered by God himself. Within the last 100 years, travel has become increasingly easy and swift. Our grandparents thought it was a marvel to get into a forerunner of what we now call an automobile and chug off at the unheard of speeds of maybe 20 miles per hour, assuming they could afford the purchase. Today, we get into our mass-produced, comparatively luxurious cars, get on superhighways, and travel from one end of the nation to the other with gas stations dotting the landscape along with restaurants, rest stops, and motels to allow the convenience of long-distance travel to visit those grandparents. If we don't want to drive, we can fly. Passing Kennedy Airport in New York a few years back, I saw the supersonic transport, the Concorde, coming in for one of its final landings. Imagine, just a couple of hours from one side of the Atlantic to the other, were we spoiled. We turn on a television and get our fill of news and entertainment. If that isn't convenient, we can get it on our phones. As I was writing this, I wanted to be sure I had a legitimate number of nations in today's world, so I asked Siri. Mere seconds later, her voice gave me the answer I could trust. We have computer access to almost everything we could possibly need. Compare that to 50 years ago and over 20 volumes of the World Book Encyclopedia taking up shelf space. If you're asking the world what? I'll forgive you. 
Here's one more verse for the one who thinks the Bible is a dusty old relic not worthy of our attention. Daniel 12:4 says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. <laughs> We're there. This is the time of the end by definition. The prophetic portions of Scripture may be sealed because there needs to be no more information presented to man, but it needs to be opened and read to help us see what time it is right now. How close is the end? The verse prior, Daniel 12, 3, cannot be passed. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. This is our responsibility today. Our witness to the lost is what will change their eternal condition if we are willing to shine for Jesus. Remember the old song, Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light. One of the ultimate signs of the end times is the spread of the gospel message around the world. Acts 1.8 was the commission Jesus gave his followers, their job description, and they took it seriously. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It started in Jerusalem. Over a period of time, as more and more were converted, it went through the provinces of Judea and Samaria, then over time around the world. Jesus said it would, and he was spot on. Here's another foolproof indicator of the lateness of the hour. In Matthew 24:14, Jesus promised, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. Worldwide proclamation is reality with the use of tools we never dreamed of 2,000 years ago, but they're available now. It is too easy to read a verse like that and miss a key part. And then shall the end come. There is a key requirement that must be fulfilled before Jesus returns. His message needs to reach around the world. To all appearances, that requirement is met in large scale, thanks to many technological advances we enjoy today. It is now down to the last few that need to be gathered unto Jesus as his spiritual bride. You or I may have the privilege of leading that last one to Jesus. That isn't all. We're living in a time that is marked by many so-called Bible scholars as well as the many they lead astray. To echo what Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, he said, There shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? This is one of the surest signs of these being the last days. It isn't just that they don't believe the scriptures, it's that they are aggrandizing themselves, enriching their bank accounts with false teaching, literature, and broadcast that cast doubt on the truth of God's word. So, whom do we trust? Surely we do not and cannot trust the scoffers. Compare them to these three verses later in Second Peter 3. The Lord is not slack 
concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? Someone traveling to stay with friends will do his best to give an accurate arrival time. Jesus doesn't have that constraint. Just the opposite. He will come at a surprise time on purpose. Don't doubt his truthfulness and don't be caught off guard. I saw an illustration a long time ago. It is all the more certain today. It showed two parallel graphs. The first represented a volcano and the associated earth tremors that would precede an eruption. That graph showed an extended period of time with very little activity and nearly a straight horizontal line at the bottom that represented that activity, possibly not enough to even be noticed without sensitive seismographic instruments. But suddenly the surrounding area begins to experience an increasing shakening that quickly escalates to an almost vertical takeoff of activity when shown on the graph. Eruption! We live in a similar time relating to Christ's return. It has become the time we call now. There appears to be nothing happening. Then, with sudden fierceness, it's like a rocket takeoff. There is a third graph that could be drawn that would be similar. An expectant mother knows a baby is growing in her womb. She knows the approximate time when it should be born. But until the sudden birth pangs that leave no doubt, the arrival time is uncertain. We could point to many other sure signs from one end of the Word of God to the other. Europe will be aligned and drawn closer for economic and political reasons. It has been moderately united under the Church of Rome for generations, and combining all of this, it forms a sure foundation for the future role of the Antichrist, who is surely waiting for his cue to step onto the world's center stage. Following that will be a total domination of all facets of life. Again, we are just beginning to get a sense of the warm-up with the COVID restrictions and the direction they take for travel, work, and ability to shop and live what we used to think of as a normal life. Just two years ago, we would never have thought so much could have happened so fast. Is it really that close? What do you think? There are too many things swirling around us that seem like a tornado that can't be ignored. For centuries, all was quiet. Very few gave biblical prophecy, let alone the end of the current dispensation of grace, a thought. Today is different. It cannot be ignored by the biblically aware student. A popular song a while back said, Signs of the times are everywhere. There's a brand new excitement in the air. Keep your eyes upon the eastern sky. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. Consider these verses from Romans 13, 11 through 14, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. 
the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Is it really that close? What do you think? It is safe to echo Paul. Now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.